Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. This morning we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 8 verses 15 to 17. Um, which will come up on the screen behind me, hopefully, in, in the NIV, NIV translation. So I'll give you a moment if you want to read along. I'm going to, read, I'm going to read those verses in a moment, but obviously you can read it off the screen behind me. Okay, so Romans 8, 15, 17. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. So I'm really excited this morning. These verses are amazing. They've got a lot of amazing truth in them. Um, and so before we get into it, I want to pray basically that, that uh, yeah, we'd get out of this what I think is in these verses for us to get. Lord Jesus, uh, we love you. We love uh, the truth that we're about to look at, that we are actually adopted because of what you've done, Jesus. We get to be adopted uh, as children by Father God. That is amazing. And we get this inheritance and we are led by the Spirit through this. And so, Lord, I just pray as we look at this amazing truth that, Lord God, you would speak through me and you would speak into our hearts and people would go away from here changed by what we're going to hear this morning. We love you, Lord God. Amen. Okay, so there's three themes that we're going to look at this morning, okay, as we look through these verses. So firstly, we're going to look at the theme of of kind of being children rather than slaves, okay? Children of God rather than kind of slaves with a master. Secondly, we're going to look at the theme of the Holy Spirit working in this adoption, okay, which we'll see in these verses as well. And then thirdly, we're going to look at the theme of inheritance, which is in these verses, okay? So we're going to look at those three themes. So let's start with this children theme, this theme of being children rather than slaves. Um, so do you, see, do you see in the first verse, we see uh, verse 15, you, uh, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. The spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship okay and so Paul highlights the difference uh, highlights this relationship isn't master slave but is uh, father child now one thing I kind of want to just briefly talk about is is that actually there is an adoption we become children of God right so sometimes you might hear it said that kind of everybody is a child of God right we're all God's children but that's not what we read here it's not what we read elsewhere in the New Testament okay um, so let's have a look. Uh, the verse we looked at last week, verse 14, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Right? So those who are led by the Spirit are the children. Not everyone is a child of God, but those who are led by the Spirit. So we're all God's creatures, we're all created by God, but only those who follow Jesus get adopted as God's children. And the adoption doesn't really make sense either, right, if we're already God's children, Right? How does this adoption happen if we're already God's children? It doesn't make sense. And why does this matter? Well, it matters because the adoption is really, really important, as we're going to see. This is a massive thing because when we're adopted, we get a new identity. 
When we put our faith in Jesus and God adopts us as his children, we get a new identity. Our identity becomes God's child, right? And this is really, really important. Right now, um, mine and Jess's son, Luca, who's 18 months old, is, is just been really poorly recently. Now, it's been, you know, it's tough, as many of you will know, if you've got a poorly sort of toddler. It's hard work. But over the past couple of months, you know, it's not been... Uh, it's not been a question mark for us whether we should kind of pour out our love on Luca and nurture him and look after him and be patient with him. And that's not because of anything he's done. It's just because of who he is. It's because of his identity. He's our child, right? His identity is my son, so I want to look after him. I want to bless him. So when we come into faith in Jesus, when God adopts us, we take on this identity. And so it's really important actually to see that this adoption happens, that there is an identity, a new identity that we get when we become God's children. This identity is it's secure, right? If you have a child that isn't a, a love and a relationship that's conditional and based on what they do, it's a secure thing. It's, it's an unbreakable thing. And it's the same with this identity that we get from God. And so it's just important to point out that actually there is an adoption that happens. We become God's children if we put our faith in Jesus. Not everyone is a child of God. Actually, God brings those who believe through adoption into his family as children. And that's amazing. That new identity that we receive is a big deal. And so I want to look at a couple of specific words as well that appear in verse 15, okay? So there's this word sonship. Um, So I just want to explain what that's about. It's not a point about gender. Um, It's actually a point about inheritance, right? So Paul is writing to this Roman culture. uh, And in this Roman culture, only the sons are entitled to this full inheritance. And so what Paul is saying is, actually, you're not kind of adopted as like um, kind of secondary citizens. You get the full inheritance as sons. And so that's what this sonship word is about. And so there's inheritance. And this is really exciting, and we're going to look at it a bit more in a few minutes. And the other word I want to just explain that's in here is is Abba. So by him we cry Abba Father. By the Spirit we cry Abba Father. Now you might have heard this word, Jesus used it, Paul used it a couple of times. This word Abba, it's an Aramaic word and it's like, it's more like daddy than father. Okay, so it's like like a tender kind of um, word that maybe a small child would use for their dad. And so as well as saying kind of there's a legal adoption and you get the rights to the full inheritance, Paul is saying there's like a tender thing that happens as well. Actually, you come into this relationship with a father where it's like, it's like a small child with, to daddy. It's not just a formal thing. Okay, So we've got this, this, this sonship and inheritance and we've got this intimacy, this word Abba. Okay, so... Paul also talks about um, not, not being slaves, right? Not having kind of a slavish mentality, perhaps. So I just want to talk about that a little bit. Because I think, um, you know, those of us that have been Christians for a while have probably seen this and experienced it to a degree where we can slip into this way of thinking where it's like almost like God is a master and we've got to please him. If we're not careful, we can get into that way of thinking. And so the way I want to kind of illustrate this is through uh, a parable that Jesus told And, you know, I've got to admit, this isn't kind of the main point of this parable. Um, It's a parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. 
but I think it illustrates quite well actually what a kind of slavish mentality of a child can look like, okay? Um, so let's take a look at this parable. It's in Luke chapter 15, um, and it's verse 11 to 32. So Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen in that country. He sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I'll set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother's home, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he's got him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry, refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you. Never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So look, this parable is kind of about something else, right? But I think what we see in there is this a pretty good demonstration from both sons of what it can look like to have a bit of a a kind of spirit of slavery, right? So the younger son, first of all, he asks for his inheritance from his dad while he's still alive, okay? So this is like saying, look, dad, all you're good to me for is is the stuff that I'm going to get from you when you die. Can I have it now, right? Then he goes off, he squanders it, and he's like, I'll go back and just ask my dad to treat me like a servant. Because actually, I haven't done anything to deserve anything good from him. I've messed up. I've screwed up. I'll go back and just work for him like a servant. It's this kind of slavish mentality of, of I just, you know, I want him for what he can give me. And then I'll, you know, I'll get what I deserve and I'll work for something from my dad. And, and the older brother has a similar mentality, right? Because when the younger son comes back, he's like, man, he's screwed up. Like, I've been slaving away. He says, I've been slaving away. Like, he doesn't deserve what I deserve. Like, I'm the one that's been working for this. You see how they have this kind of slavish mentality? Whereas their father is like, look, 
son comes back, it's not about what he's done, which sucks. It's about who he is. It's about his identity. It's about the fact that he's his son. And so he lavishes him with mercy and grace and blessing just because of who he is, because he's his son. And so if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, if you follow Jesus, you have this new identity as as a son of the father, of Abba Father. When he looks at you, he doesn't say, well, has my son done enough that I'm going to love him, that I'm going to cherish him? No, he loves and cherishes you because of who you are, because of this new identity that believers have when they're adopted and they're made uh, children, sons and daughters of the father. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's not always something that we, that we really embrace as Christians. We can easily slip a little bit into that slavish thinking. And so I think that's why Paul says, look, the spirit you've made, you've received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship, right? That's what Paul's saying. Yes, sons, that's your identity now. Your identity has changed. So it's the first of the three kind of themes, and that's probably probably the longest one, and it's got me out of breath, actually. Um, That actually, we get this new identity as children. We're adopted. Uh, And the second theme that we see in these verses that I want to look at is kind of the work of the Spirit in this, okay? The supernatural work of the Spirit in in, in this adoption and in this uh, sonship and in this crying of Abba, Father, and there's a, few, there's a few things in here. There's a few things that the verses say the Holy Spirit does, okay? So, for example, verse 15, we read, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. The spirit actually brought it about. And this is a bit like in 1 Corinthians when Paul writes, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So, actually, the Holy Spirit enables us to have faith. The Holy Spirit enables us to believe. The Holy Spirit enables us to be Adopted. I've lost my place in my notes. It's dangerous. So, you know, this means it's a supernatural thing, right? It means that, it means that believing in Jesus and being adopted by the Father is a supernatural thing. It's not something we can just kind of intellectually work out by ourselves. Actually, it's something the Holy Spirit supernaturally brings about. So that's, that's really important. Um, first thing the Holy Spirit does then is bring about our adoption, okay? Second thing we see, verse 15 again, is, is this. By the Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. By the Holy Spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. And we looked at this word, Abba, earlier. And remember, it's like intimate, kind of tender word in Aramaic. And the reason it's, we still have it in Aramaic is because it wasn't translated from Aramaic to Greek. So we haven't translated it from Greek to English and I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to go into details because I don't understand it well enough, but that's why it's, it's still Abba in Aramaic. But it's, like, it's, it's almost like Daddy. So the Holy Spirit brings about the legal change of status, the adoption to sonship, but also brings about the change in our hearts that means that we cry out, Abba, Father, like that intimate tender, ten, tenderness to the relationship. It's responsible for the legal side, the change of identity and status, but also... The, the kind of uh, relational, intimate side. I guess, 
Yeah, what, what's really significant, I think, about the fact that this is something the Holy Spirit does is you might sit there and think like, oh, man, like I, um, I'm not sure if like I have that tenderness with the Father. I'm not sure if I see the Father that way. But again, this is something that the Holy Spirit does in us, right? Which It's not something that we figure out in our minds. It's something that wells up from what the Holy Spirit does in us. And so we need to, you know, pray to God and ask that by his spirit, he would really increase our uh, understanding of just the tenderness of this relationship that we have with the Father, right? It's a supernatural thing. The adoption is brought about supernaturally, and this tenderness, this Abba Father cry in our hearts is something that's brought about supernaturally as well. So these are the first two things that the Holy Spirit uh, does in these verses. And then thirdly, in verse 16, we see that the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. What does that mean? The Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. I think part of it is, is what we just said, the Abba Father thing. But also I think this is, um, I think this is like bearing witness externally that we're God's children, right? So, you know, a witness, you think about what a witness does. I mean, the ESV translation is the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. So that's different than what's up on the screen behind me. But the ESV bears witness, right? So this is a child of God. That's what the Holy Spirit does. How does the Holy Spirit do that? Well, the Holy Spirit changes you. If you're a believer, if you follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit changes you. You, you begin kind of being at war with the sin that's in your heart. You know, it doesn't just go away, but it, a battle commences. We start to be changed and conformed to the image of Jesus. And other people can see, right, this is a child of God because they're changing. The Holy Spirit is bearing witness to the fact that we're God's children. So the Holy Spirit is doing a lot here. There's a lot of supernatural stuff. It's not just stuff that we can do in our minds. Actually, it starts in our hearts by the Holy Spirit and works its way up into our minds. So there's an adoption to sonship. We become children and the Holy Spirit is working through this. And then thirdly, the third theme that I want to look at is the theme of inheritance, okay? So if we just read verse 17 again, If we're children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So because we're adopted and we receive sonship, we get a full inheritance. So remember, that's what the word sonship is about, because in this culture, only sons would get the full inheritance. And something to note about an inheritance is it's not like a wage, right? A wage is earned, an inheritance is given, it's a gift. Now, we're not looking at inheritance in loads and loads of detail because I think that Tom I tool will cover it next week. Having said that, I do have three points on inheritance. So, um, so hopefully I don't tread on his toes too much. Um, what are we going to inherit? Okay, My three points are kind of three things that we are going to inherit according to the Bible. What are we going to inherit if we are adopted by God well firstly Bible says we're going to inherit the world okay we're going to inherit the world let's look at two verses together um, so Romans 4 13 the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he wouldn't be that he would be heirs of the world did not come through the law but through the righteousness of faith so there's a promise to Abraham and his offspring that they'd inherit the world okay Galatians 3 if you're Christ's then you are Abraham's offsprings, heirs according to promise. So does that make sense? Abraham and his heirs will inherit, the offspring will inherit the world. 
If you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring. So we'll inherit the world. But not as it is renewed or, or made new without all the kind of rubbish and the brokenness that we see in the world around us, right? A new, renewed earth. 2 Peter 3, in keeping with his promise, we're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Now, probably new earth, because of the Greek, probably means renewed, but it doesn't, it's not particularly important here. Either way, like this is an amazing thing to give us hope, right? We look around at the broken world. Perhaps there's all sorts of things that we think, oh, that is amazing. I want to experience that. I want to see the Grand Canyon, but also lots of other places in the world and experience all these amazing things in creation. But actually, we don't need to strive for all of that because we're going to inherit the whole world eventually, right? This lifetime isn't it for us. We don't have to have everything right now. And we have hope that despite the fact that things are broken and messed up at the moment, in the future, we're going to experience an earth without any of that brokenness, without the decay that we experience in this earth. So if you're a Christian, you're going to inherit the world, right? What else are we going to inherit? Well, second is, is better, right? The second thing, Revelation 21.3, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. So we're not just going to inherit stuff, right? We're going to inherit God himself. God is going to be with us. He's going to dwell with us in this renewed new earth which is the best bit, right? If it's just about the stuff, then that's like idolatry, isn't it? But actually, we're going to inherit God. God is going to be with us. God is going to dwell with us. He's never going to seem distant to you. You're never going to doubt because God is going to dwell with us in this new creation, this new earth. And there's going to be, there's going to be no suffering. There's going to be no pain. There's going to be no sin. And perhaps you're like, oh, man, I'm going to screw that up because I, actually I sin. Like, it's not going to work if I'm there. And I don't know, like, can I worship God forever? I get a bit distracted even like on a Sunday morning when it's kind of 10 minutes, right? But actually, as we'll see next week when we look at verse 23, when Tom looks at that, we get, we get a glorified body as well and we get renewed minds. And so you're not going to be like you are today. Your mind's going to be renewed. You're not going to get bored of worshipping God. You're not going to get distracted There's not going to be that brokenness and that sin in you anymore. You're going to get a renewed mind and your decaying body, which is like something that I think about now. I'm like, oh man, my my knees or whatever it is don't don't work as well. I'm like, actually, it's it's just all downhill from here, really, isn't it, for my body? Um, Especially as I don't really exercise very much. Um, Actually, you're going to get a new body which doesn't decay, doesn't suffer, doesn't get sick. There's this inheritance that is incredible that we can't fully grasp, but that is what we were created for really to experience with God that we're going to inherit, okay? And so this is an amazing thing to give us hope in this life right now where sometimes we might feel like this is it, we've got to have it all, we've got to, um, we've got to fulfill kind of all our heart's desires right now, or maybe we get super bogged down and, and depressed by all the messed up stuff that's happening in the world and just the brokenness and the decay and the death and the things we experience like sickness. Actually, this isn't it. This is just this little bit and then there's an eternity 
of no pain, no sickness, no sin, no suffering with God, where we will inherit the earth as co-heirs with Christ. Isn't that amazing? But look, I know we can't all grasp how amazing that is. So if you're sat there right now thinking, yeah, I guess it's amazing, but I don't really feel it. You know, we need the Holy Spirit to actually help us to understand and grasp these things. That's what we've been talking about, right? It's not just in our heads. It's a supernatural thing. So I've got, I forgot to set my timer again, so I've got no idea how long I've been talking for. But we are nearing the end. So um, there's three things we've looked at, okay? Just to recap. If you're a Christian, then you are adopted by God as his child. You've got this new identity. You haven't been employed by someone that wants you to work hard and be good enough. You've actually been adopted by a loving, perfect father as his child and made a full co-heir with Jesus. A co-heir with Jesus. That is wild, isn't it? And so we're not slaves uh, who need to satisfy our master with their hard work. Actually, we're children that just want to just want to um, have a tenderness with Abba Father, a tender, loving relationship, and, and we want to we please him because we love him. Then we looked at the work of the Spirit and how the Spirit actually supernaturally brings about our adoption, right? The legal side gives us that identity, but then also causes us to experience this welling up, this Abba Father cry. And then finally, we looked at the inheritance, which we just talked about, I want to pray for kind of two groups of people. Anyone here that's not, not yet a believer, I want to pray for you in a moment. Um, and those of us who are believers, I want to pray for us as well. Um, so yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, what we've been reading this morning is, is amazing. Like the fact that God, you adopt us, Father, you adopt us as your children is it's incredible. It's so good that you are, we are not slaves, but we are children. Um, Lord, I pray for anyone who doesn't, who would say they're not a Christian here, that's listening to me talk. Lord, what we've read is that the Holy Spirit brings about our adoption, that no one can say Jesus is Lord from their heart without your Holy Spirit uh, being, being at work. So Lord, I pray for anyone that's listening to me right now that's not a Christian, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would, you would, uh, you would work in their heart and you would bring about faith right now um, and just confidence that you're real, you're alive. And Lord, for those of us that are believers, Lord, we've been hearing how the Holy Spirit uh, can uh, not just make us adopted legally, but also can well up in our hearts and cause us to cry, Abba, Father, and create this tenderness between us and you, Father. So I just pray for us right now that you would increase that, that, that tenderness, that, that love for you, that sense that you are a loving, caring, tender father. And Lord, I just want to pray any kind, of, any kind of sort of slavish spirit that is in us, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for you to break that. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would break that in people's hearts right now if that is anywhere in this room. Lord, I just kill it and just enable us to cry, Abba, Father, and have that tenderness with you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen.